This morning we're speaking to the export department, the largest manufacturer of non-mechanical tools in Africa, and with home markets firmly established in mining, building and construction, agriculture, forestry and DIY markets, exports have been an important part of growing the business for the last 25 years. Today, some 15% of production goes overseas to the UK, Europe, the Americas, the Pacific Islands, Australasia, Africa, and the Indian Ocean Islands. The export operation is certainly not treated as a sideline. There is a fully equipped department with export trader fluent in French and Portuguese to deal with this side of the business. Today we're speaking to Roy Sharnica, one of our Lasher Tools export traders. Bon dia, Roy. Bon dia, how are you doing? Very well in you, Roy. Thank you very much for your time today and thank you for giving us a bit of insight into the export department. You know, we always have um, containers going out on the export department on Lasher's grounds on a daily basis. It's always a proud thing for us to see that leaving our shores and, and going to provide customer satisfaction. So tell us a little bit about you, Roy, and the export department and your daily job. Well, uh, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, good to, to, to be on the podcast for a change. Eh? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so exports, uh, one of my passions, massive passion is my, is the export, um, and the export department. Um, I've got a, we've got a great team together, a very positive, happy team now. And, um, yeah, so, so on our daily basis, we, we are just always contacting and, and, and communicating with clients. On a daily basis, um, we processing orders, dispatching goods. Uh, we we getting involved with all our clients um, on a, on like a social level as well. You know, it's not strictly business all the time, man. Eh? And then we give a client a call just to see how he's doing. Um, you know, just having a quick chat, and, and and that I think the clients really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, Roy, before we even start, I wanted to ask you a few questions, but just an interesting conversation. I remember, um, you know, one of our clients or one of our big countries we export to is Malawi. And, um, you know, I remember we went in there and it was a machete, you know, for the tea and coffee plantations. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I remember when we went in there, they were using a, um, a imported product, you know, an inferior product to Lasher. And they were creating about 30 bales per hour. Um, mm -hmm. Then when we introduced the Lasher um, product, they actually in increased that to 41 bales per hour in production. And it's amazing that it does not, it's just not a tool anymore. We now actually increase productivity for a country as a whole, which relies heavily on exporting those goods uh, from the farming land. So it's always just amazing. People think, you know, it's it just uh, a product. It's easy just to ship it everywhere, but it has to create value where it ends up in. So how long have you been with Lasher? And, and when first did you move into the export departments, Roy? Well, I've been with Lasher now uh, 10 years. Eh? Um, I think I'm one of the best now. Ah. Um, no, so I'm not giving away my age or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been with them for about 10 years. I started in 2010, 1st uh, of June to be exact. And um, yeah, I've loved every moment since. Eh? The experiences, the, the traveling, the countries I've seen, the people I've met. It's just been so amazing. 
You know, and it's and it is inspiring to hear, Roy, because it's you know a lot of companies, manufacturing companies in South Africa, we are, and you know the market has shrink um, in the last few months, especially and, and and over the years. So we've had to look for alternative options, um, and it's good for South African brands to hear this conversation to say it's possible. You know, as long as you create a product with great value, with great quality, a great backup service, you know, all of that is possible. So as an export trader, what is your duties and responsibilities in the export department? Well, on a, on a daily basis, like I said, we, we communicate with clients, um, we, we take down orders, uh, we arrange transportation for them, um, not only by road, but also sea and air. Um, we we, we um, capture, we do our own, we do our own, um, do everything from start to ending for the client, you know. Yeah. We, we work on it with our eco terms um, and yeah. So we, we work from where the packing to when it's delivered at the client yeah. um, on a daily basis. Yeah, because what we do is also comes to the paper trail. There's a lot of administrative work into it. And you also deal with different borders, different rules, different countries. So it's not always easy to manage an export department. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. And also, you know, you can't just push your product into a country uh, and simply um, work on the basis that it will automatically sell. You know, we have to also localize our service and offering to our customers. So, you know, it brings me to the point of how much of our work is done in English versus Portuguese and French, you know, we, I know we've got that skills internally. Um, has that been an advantage for us to have that as an offering? Oh, massive, massive advantage. Um, a, lot of, a lot of these countries that, that have, have this language barrier are very patriotic towards their, that, that language. Uh, Portuguese, for example, the, the, for Angola, for example, they're very patriotic towards the Portuguese. And um, to seal a deal could determine if you speak the language or not. Yeah. And uh, I've seen that in numerous times, especially, like I said, with Angola. Yeah. Um, just because I speak the language, it gave me a big advantage. Yeah, and it also feels like you know you're accommodating them and their own old and their own cultures, you know. And, and in Africa, we have such a diverse culture, um, you know, that the common uh, international language is obviously English. But it's in Africa, it's still good to localize your offering. Um, so we're very proud and very thankful, Roy, that you guys always do that for us. And you know, the last six months, uh, seven months has been a big challenge uh, for all businesses. Um, what has the last six months been for you like, uh, specifically on Lasher? You know, it, it has been it has been tougher, as you say, worldwide. This this, this is a new norm, and it's tougher. Um, but I can see Lasher um, is a brand that stood the test of time. Actually, um, people are requesting Lasher. They they don't want a wheelbarrow. They don't want a, a shovel. They want Lasher. And that that makes me so proud. Um, like I say, my blood is green and yellow, and I really, really, really love it when somebody asks me for a, for a, a lasher, not a wheelbarrow, but a lasher. Yeah, that also makes us very proud. And it just shows you, you know, we, there's always this perception, Roy, that in Africa you can just dump any product. And mm. purely because of the volume of people we have, you will sell. And to some degree, there is some truth in that. But what mm. we've seen from a sustainability perspective is that your product still has to serve a purpose. It has to be quality related. It has to carry the markings that it's been uh, tested and trialed. And more importantly, there has to be a backup service to it. You know, if you order 
containers from overseas, you can't send those containers back if there's some damaged goods or, or if some of the products are faulty. We mm. offer that guarantee of our products. And that's another big benefit that Lasha offers. And also, you know, <clears throat> because we are made in Africa, and, and uh, I think that there's also an emotional attachment to that, um, that you can't just rely always on that. And that's why we back it up so beautifully from a manufacturing process because we've got international accredited standards of manufacturing. And we don't just carry the local SABS marks, but we also carry SGS and we have the ISO process in place to ensure that our international markets know how we deal with our staff, how we take care of safety uh, protocols at the factories. So uh, that's also something that I feel very proud. And, and it takes effort to have those things in place. Um, has it been a benefit for you as well, Roy? No, 100%. Um, when, especially with our heavy-duty wheelbarrow, as soon as, as soon as a contractor sees that we've got the SABS uh, stamp of approval, that's like, a, that's like a selling point for us. They see that, uh, that then they automatically know that quality. And they're more than happy to take that product on. Yeah, and, and you know, if you look at Africa, and I know that, you know, we're speaking specifically about Africa, you know, because other export departments or other export countries that we have, uh, what I mean by when I say a little bit of focus in Africa, you know, we a lot of people is very rural in Africa. So they have to travel far to get to stores. Once you're on the land, you need to make the most of your tool and your equipment. So, you know, when things break in Africa and depending on which part you are, it's not just a matter of running to the store and, and, and getting a new one. So we, so they really rely on when they buy a product and they take it, you know, rurally away to 50 or lands or farmlands away that's 100 kilometers or, or more away from town centers, that that tool is reliable. And that the effectiveness and functionality of that tool works. And why I take that so seriously is that it's lifelines for people. You know, this is not yeah. just, a, they don't just, our tools don't just, you know, it's not just something you put a price on and you sell into the market. We literally take, you know, the farmer, the, the guy doing the actual work, you know, whether it's in knives, whether it's in fruits, whether it's in agriculture, whether it's in de developing, whether it's building construction, the safety and the effectiveness and the efficiencies of our, of our tools. And that's why we always say we're an engineering company. We metal masons since 1929. We don't just pop a tool out and say, hopefully it, it works in the market from the the way that the tool gets together from the handle from from the material that we use from the steel that we get the gradings and everything that we do when you receive that product you don't understand how much work and effort has gone into making sure that it's a great product and we want to highlight that um, as part of our journey on, on on this course of podcast and marketing no, 100%. That's, that's 100% true. Um, especially, especially now in the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with the, guy, the guys in the factory uh, personally and seeing the amount of effort that they put in just to get a, 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 a hoe handle, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's mind-blowing. I, I can't even explain it. And it, it just feels so good when, when you see that, that passion that goes into it. Oh, man, that's crazy. I love it. You know, Roy, I was, we, you know, we were, as a team this morning, we were speaking a little bit about the export department and we say, because, you know, we've got clients in America that's fun fundamentally exceptionally good brands and what they do in America and we provide those brands for them. You know, a lot of companies build their businesses also on our tools and that's something that I want to highlight as well because we have this development uh, 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 process in mind and then we, we don't always get this right or perfect but 
the, the immediate feedback. So I, I know that with the export departments over the years, we've developed specific tools for specific applications, you know, or we make a specific tool, send it onto the, into the field, and then get physical feedback from the actual guy that's using it. And then the factories make adjustments. Where do you have that relationship with an exporter that you have no physical viewing on, you have no relationship with on, and you're just another number in that factory? You know, where I'm very, very proud of us that we can develop according to our clients' needs. And over the years, how many times have we made small little additions or changes to accommodate the feedback that we received from our clients? No, 100%. Like I said, I'm physically doing it at the moment. And, um, and yeah, we've done it for numerous of clients where we tweak here, tweak here, just like you said, to accommodate them. And they are so, so happy about it. And, and they're so, so proud of, of the brand itself. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the quality we supply them, that's, that's great. That's, that's major. Um, from seeing cabs in Malawi where guys carrying about 600 kilos on one of our light-duty wheelbarrows, as they say, oh our Falcon God. wheelbarrows, yes. 600 kilos. And, and, and the guy is shorter than I am, and uh, that's not very tall because, as you know, I'm Portuguese. <laughs> Portuguese people don't really, aren't really that tall. And, yeah, this guy's picking up 600 kilos on one of our wheelbarrows. Roy, and, and, and lastly, what, tell us a little bit about your house and your family setup. And I know that you're also a dad, so tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, um, I'm basically the only male in this house, uh, which is quite a challenge. Um, uh, wife and two kids, two daughters, two beautiful daughters, a uh, beautiful wife, uh, very supportive. Um, uh, they're starting to call me uh, dad now instead of uncle because I've been at home quite during this lockdown <laughs> for a long period of time. <laughs> So they're, they're happy. They're happy I'm around. Uh, but yes, yeah, very, very family orientated. Uh, but that's also because of my Portuguese heritage. Yes, uh, we're very, very close with the, the, the full family in general. You know, both sides, my wife and my side. Um, everybody's great friends with each other. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically us. Very family orientated and very lovable. Huh? And we love fishing. Well, it's debatable on the lovable side, specifically to you. <laughs> right, but, but from our family at Lasher to your family, um, thank you very much for, for the sacrifices that the family has done. You know, being in, in, in export, you're always traveling. And, and like you say, the last seven months has given you some opportunity to be at home and, and just reestablish that, that foundation. But thank you for waking up every day with the passion, the commitment, that, and the sacrifice that your family is willing to do in order to ensure that our brand and the 650 people that it represents continues growing and getting stronger. We really appreciate the sacrifice and thank you from the bottom of our heart for all the work every single day that you do the phone calls, the pushing, the clients um, that you do for us to ensure that our brand stays alive. From our family to yours, we really want to thank you very much for that, Roy. No, thank you guys and uh, I would like personally to thank my family at, at Lasher as well. Uh, they've been a, a big, a big anchor um, in supporting us through everything through this lockdown. Um, yeah, they've just been magical. Um, yeah, and all I can say is muito, muito, muito obrigado. Well, Roy, thank you so much for your time, and thank you very much. And we're excited to continue this journey with you in the future and catch up with you again soon. Hundred percent. Thank you so much, Albert. Thanks, Roy. Cheers. Uh,